welcome to Ridgewood Talks. Through this podcast, we will be introducing you to some of the leaders and legends in our village. We'll keep you updated about fascinating local events, and we'll dig into the town's hot topics and so much more. But first, let me introduce myself. I'm Jeannie Johnson, the founder of Ridgewood Talks and Ridgewood Walks. The goal of these initiatives is to create a kinder, more connected, and more vibrant community. I'm thrilled to be co-hosting this podcast with my good friend and all-around wonderful guy, Jordan Kaufman. We look forward to meeting with you weekly and hearing your thoughts on who and what you'd like to learn about in our beautiful hometown. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to Ridgewood Talks, everyone. As you know, there is a very important initiative coming up in Ridgewood. It is the Board of Education election, and that will take place on Tuesday, November the 7th. Two board seats, each with a three-year term, will be on the ballot. And lucky for us, seven community members stepped up to compete for those seats. Um, We here at Ridgewood Talks want voters to go to the polls with as much information as possible. So we're going to be talking to each one of the candidates. Uh, Listeners are going to learn more about the folks who have thrown their hat into the ring, and you're going to find out where they stand on issues that affect our schools. You're going to find out what their involvement has been in our schools prior to them running for this very important seat. And um, I just want you to know, voters, you have submitted questions to our Ridgewood Talks email address, and so we're going to address some of those as well. Most importantly, I think it's important for all of the people that are listening to this podcast to plan on attending the League of Women Voters Candidate Forum on October 18th. That's going to be at the Ed Center from 7 to 9 p.m. You want to get there early. The candidates forums are always a full house, so you want to get there and you want to make sure that you have a good seat and plan on bringing a question to ask the candidates because that's really important. That's the time, one of the first times that you're ever going to get to hear their voice and how they really stand on the issues that are important to you. So please plan on attending that League of Women Voters Candidate Forum. Again, it's October 18th from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Ed Center. So without further ado, we are going to have a really fun conversation with two of the candidates while they are here together, and you may see them at public appearances together. In fact, their yard signs have both of their names on it. They are not running on a joint ticket. They are separate candidates, but they also happen to be very wise women who are consolidating their efforts and wanting to um, sort of conserve on some of the financial hardships that take place when you run for these things. I think it would be surprising for listeners to know that it is a a personal investment. um, And then you got to do some fundraising too. So I think these women are very smart to be running um, on a joint ticket, even though they are are separate candidates. I don't think I described that properly, but I'm going to let them explain it into greater detail. So today we're welcoming Laurel McKenna and Julie Machedle. I can't do it, Julie. Say it. Machedleshvili. I knew that. I was just seeing if you knew. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Julie. She holds a BA in political science and history and a master's in teaching and school leadership supervision and administration from Pace University. She has 25 years of experience in the New York public school system and has served as a social studies teacher, a curriculum developer, an assistant principal, and has for more than a decade served 
as a principal of a New York City high school. Julie has also been a district leader for 200 plus New York City schools, developing policies and strategies for various educational initiatives, including social and emotional academic development, which, by the way, it is the largest program of its kind in the country. Julie also holds an advanced certification in district leadership from the Bank Street School of Education and is an adjunct professor at the Graduate School of Education in Turo at Turo University. Julie, where is that? It's actually a very large six campuses university, primarily based in New York City, but they also have campuses across I, the world. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, thank you for that, for clarifying that. And Laura McKenna has 35 years of experience in education as a special education teacher, a researcher, a college professor, and a writer. She has published many articles on various topics such as learning differences, food insecurity, social and emotional learning. Um, she holds a PhD with a specialization in politics and education policy. Uh, she has proudly served in a leadership position for our own community with the Learning Services Home and School Association, as well as various organizations that specialize in activities for autistic youth and special education parents and so on. Uh, both of these women have been in Ridgewood for decades, a couple of decades each, and we're really thrilled that they have found time to sit and talk with us today. And ladies, if I've forgotten anything in your bios, please clarify. And again, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to start with you, Laura. What did I forget? <laughs> um, you you hit just about everything. I mean, I'm a mom. I'm a volunteer and I've got a background in education. And that's also why Julie and I have been working together and working together really well because we have so many, you know, commonalities. Thank you for talking to us as well as all the candidates. We feel really strongly about education and about schools in Ridgewood and really feel that our schools are the crown jewel of our town. And so we really appreciate that you're taking, that you and Jordan have taken a strong interest in this election. It's a big one. Seven it is a big one. Seven candidates. It's a very, very, very important election because honestly, what I think is we have gone through in the last two and a half years, I don't need to tell you anything that you don't know, four superintendents, two assistant superintendents, four business administrators. And so I would expect, and I don't know because I haven't spoken to any of the administrators or the teachers, but I would expect that some of this turnover has caused some instability in our campuses. And I want both of you to kind of address that at some point. But first, I want to jump over to Julie and um, and I want you to um, explain, what did I miss in your bio? Did I miss anything? Clarify you, anything? You didn't miss anything. I'm also a mom. I'm a rigid resident for more than two decades. I'm a volunteer as much as I could uh, with a very intensive commute. I currently work for the New York City administration uh, in terms of uh, educational initiatives. So I uh, currently support with um, newly arrived asylum seekers and that works on a city level. And to add to what you were just saying, Laura was saying, uh, absolutely. The research always shows that continuity and stability of leadership goes hand in hand with school achievement. So it's super important for us. And that's one of the primary reasons why, first of all, we work very well together because we both believe in that. And um, when we talk about our kids or kids in general, personally, 
first as a mom and second of all as an educator, I always been saying that I believe that every child deserves to be seen, known, nurtured, and challenged. And if we talk about why I'm running, that's why, to bring back focus on our children, okay. because that's primarily why we are all in Ridgewood. Yes, absolutely. So one of the, the things that I grabbed during my research for these interviews is the job description of a board of education candidate. And that is number one, setting district policies and goals. Number two, communicating policies and goals to the superintendent. Number three, overseeing the budget. Number four, hiring and evaluating the superintendent. And number five, serving as the communications link between the community and the school district. So having just covered those five points. I'd like to ask each of you, you know, just take one of those and and kind of expound on that and tell me which one is the most important to you. Obviously, the hiring and evaluating of the superintendent, you know, hopefully we won't be hiring another one, but of course, you know, he will be going through an evaluation process. But tell me about what you would like to see the policies and goals be for our Board of Ed, and so on. Well, thank you, Jeannie. Yes, both Julie and I have been very active in talking about um, what our interests are and the, the goals for the district in the past few school board meetings. Both of us have gotten up to talk about it. I think with our education background, we have unique lens for pick, understanding what the goals are because we, we can understand the research. Julie can see what's working on the grounds in New York City. I've got the whole national perspective to know what other school districts are doing, what other areas are doing. And so we have kind of a unique understanding of background that we can bring into the goals. Is, um, is there something specific that you would like to see implemented or is there something that you would like to see expounded upon in our district? I mean, I think that we should be focusing on the science of reading, which is an, a reading curriculum that is really sweeping the nation right now. We're currently using curriculum that it has, I wouldn't say been discredited, but it is, we are moving forward with new ideas about reading. I would like to see them brought forward in the school district. The school district is already starting to move in that direction. And I just want to support them as they continue to work on updating both the reading and the math curriculums. I think for both Julie and I, the academics is pretty important. Can I jump in? Mm. Thanks, Jeannie. So yes, absolutely. I agree with Laura about looking at academic goals in general. And I believe our experience and expertise in examining data uh, can be very welcomed and making decisions based on data and uh, supporting the superintendent with establishing goals and the action plans. And as uh, Laura said, we were both uh, were very vocal. I was actually very grateful for the superintendent Schwartz uh, for making that process public. That's probably at least the first time that I remember this transparency and clarity, uh, how the goals are being created uh, and together. So it would be, um, we were both very vocal with uh, offering our suggestions for public mm -hmm. comments. I believe that the use of research-driven curricula to bolster our reading and math programs connected to science of reading that Laura mentioned, strengthening our social, emotional, learning, and mental health supports, uh, ensuring the diverse needs of our kids are recognized and included. These are all what we're looking for in the goals for the district. 
Gotcha. So with that, um, you mentioned that you you go up for public comment during meetings. Have either of you met personally with Mr. Schwartz? We've chatted with him. He's running monthly coffee chats, which are amazing. Both of us are big fans of the new superintendent. And as part of what we would do if we're elected is really to support this superintendent and give him whatever tools he needs to be successful and stay with us for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So we've spoken with him through these coffee chats, along with other members of the community. His, the access that he is offering to other members of the community is uh, really remarkable. It is. And I have to say, and that touches on, you know, the communication with the community, which I think is, is key, especially after the turnover that we've just experienced. Now, I just want to touch back on something that you said, Laura, you mentioned something about the reading curriculum, and I don't think that you intended to address the national book banning situation. So I want to be clear about that. I am addressing that. And I would like to hear what your opinions are about banning books and materials in our classroom. How do you feel about what is happening nationally? I mean, I'm a, I'm a professor. I'm an academic. I love books. The idea of being books or ideas being banned is just antithetical to everything that, that is important to me. Learning and ideas are why I'm doing this. I love them. And to restrict ideas, to say some ideas are okay and others are not, is just, I, I just don't understand that. It's unfathomable. Like, it's unbelievable that we even, in 2023, we're actually discussing this. I'm I'm a political refugee who came here as a teenager and grew up um, in a totalitarian state. So to find myself here in uh, my middle age talking about banning books when that was my childhood and adolescence is really shocking. When we talk about our goals and what we're looking for is to address diverse needs of our kids equitably through banning books or restraining free speech, that can never happen. In my last public comment, I talked about student voice and to measure how well we involve kids in making educational decisions, how well we ensure that student voice is heard. If that's the primarily goal of education in general, we by expanding kids' horizons and to making sure that they are ready for the real world out there, which is they can only learn through diverse literature subjects, talking to different people, putting them in a bubble is making them, bringing them a disservice. Uh, and I would also like to ask you about the DEI programs and critical race theory, if you want to just touch on those subjects. And again, I don't know that they are paramount in our district, but they certainly are a conversation at the national level. So I'd really like to just hear you briefly what you think about the um, diversity, equity, and inclusion movement and critical race theory. So uh, Julie, I'll let you take that first. So my 25 years New York City Public Schools pioneer in all inclusion, diversity, and equity work uh, was on part of the equity teams across from schools to leading district teams, supporting all the work on the citywide level right now. It's um, that's where the world is. That's where we're going. Um, that is a necessity. I do also believe very strongly that we need to go back to examine data and data can be quantitative and qualitative. It's not just obviously the numbers, but the anecdotals, the service of parents, of teachers, of students about the different experiences. And from there to make ideas and make decisions about how we're going to, what are the high level needs 
where we're already strong and what we still need to develop. DEI is, I can't even say it's a necessity, it's life. We live in a very diverse country. I mean, going back to their political refugee and why my parents moved here is for freedom of religion, of speech, that I don't have to be reminded who I am like I was for 16 years constantly, not to fear for my life. And that's a beauty of this diverse country. So, and Ridgewood is being built diverse. Like we need to foster the different ethnicities, different languages, different races, different needs of our kids. So yes, I, I don't like DI as a buzzword because that's essence of life in America. How about you, Laura? Well, I have really supported the inclusion of having, looking at diversity, equity, and inclusion as one of the goals going forward for the district. Not just looking at this diversity only in terms of, in addition to looking at race, religion, ethnicity, gender, that we're also looking at neurodiversity and the different needs of different abilities of our students and the whole community. I've been a big champion of the special ed community and the autistic community in town. I know what it feels like to be a special needs family and, you know, not really feel like you're included in sometimes in the activities going on in the schools. And so I've been part of the parents groups that have tried to increase activities for the special needs. There's going to be Access Ridgewood, for example. Yes, tell us more about that. Well, I this one I'm going to be just there as an attendee rather than an organizer, but it's a fabulous event that happens in the Ridgewood Library once a year, and it brings together both the seniors, the disability community in town, and they'll have a fashion show. There'll be kids uh, or even young adults who with disabilities who are also fabulous musicians playing music for everybody. It is a wonderful weekend, listeners. I'm really happy to know that you're part of that community, Laura. Um, So again, now we have to get through this interview here. So I'm just going to jump to the next question. Um, Another responsibility of the Board of Education is to oversee the budget. So it is actually one of the Board of Ed's most important roles in having oversight over the budget. So how will you approach the annual budget and what skills do you bring to the table that will help you evaluate the budget? Laura, you can start this. Okay, I think what I would do differently about approaching the budget than has been happening in recent years is to look at the big picture. And rather than nickel and dime rules on some smaller issues, um, look at the big picture. Make sure that staying within the budget, you know, restrictions, of course, Um, We're taxpayers. We know the burden of high taxes and want to keep things at the legal limits for um, raising taxes and everything. I think that we can be keeping an eye on the budget by looking across the schools looking for ways to control on redundancies, but not looking at little items that only save $10,000 or $20,000. I think we can be looking at more holistic ways of of controlling um, our spending. How about you, Julie? Um, so the primary responsibility of the board is transparency and inclusiveness in decision making. And that definitely includes the budget. So as um, I agree 100% with everything Laura says, I think I kind of like 
recorded by now i'm gonna just like play it that i agree with what laura says but <laughs> i i am a person who operated the school budgets for almost two decades uh completely it's in new york city it's a little bit different system than it is in uh suburban schools we principals do everything i always say that the principal in new york city said by the union leader that in new york city principals are like mayors of little towns but and also running multi-million dollar initiatives for the past five years which is actually larger than a rigid budget overall I understand that the main strength of the school system is its human resource. In other words, uh, teachers, administrators, school staff, and if we want to uphold the tradition of excellence, we need to recognize everything what it entails, and including support and appropriate compensation for enrichment programs, for curriculum enhancement, and for people who run it. So that's, um, and again, obviously we're taxpayers, but we're also parents who truly believe that strong village equals strong schools. So my next question may be perceived as a little controversial, but I, I really want to hear your honest answer about what is this particular board done wrong and what would you do differently? Julie, you can take this one. Okay. Um, I guess I will, I don't like the deficit approach. Not that it's a deficit approach. I would like to look more as like a strength base. What the primary reason why I am running right now is to bring back focus on the kids and kids benefit from stability and from adults building relationships. So I leave it at that. How about you, Laura? I think I agree with what Julie said. I think Julie and I bring something unique to the table. We bring a working style that is collaborative. We bring an expertise um, in education so we can distinguish between trendy topics versus real reforms. I think our background lends itself to creating a school board that's um, stable, and uh, harmonious and and productive. Okay, so Laura, I'm going to let you take this question first. I want you to tell me what you want the community to think about when they see your name on the ballot. I want them to associate myself and, and Julie with expertise, with stability, with diversity. We each have unique backgrounds and connections with different subgroups within Ridgewood. I know the special ed community very well. Julie knows the immigrant population very well, the ESL community. Um, and I think that we are unique in that we have this these three components, stability, expertise, and diversity. Julie, do you have anything to add to that? Just that we are parents of kids who either graduated from Regional High School or are in Regional High School right now, that we are involved in a lot of organizations and volunteer our time aside from running for Board of Education in so many different ways. So we have been longtime residents and we believe in this amazing, welcoming village and and I always, I visited Kenya about six years ago and Maasai tribe was told the story about how they ask, how are the children? They start with not how are you, but how are the children? Because they understand that the strength of people and the strength of a village comes from their children. So we are, when they see our names, we're people who deeply care and invested in all our children. And as Laura said, diverse groups of children. We're in this because we like kids, you know, end of story. We're, we're, we like kids. We're parents. We enjoy working with kids. That's our job. That's what we like doing. And we want to do this because we want to, you know, we have a passion for our town. 
and we have a passion for children. And, you know, that's who we are. So we are going to wrap up this interview and I would like our listeners to be able to learn more about each of you. So if they wanted to reach out to you, how would they do that? Laura, do you want to start? Thanks again, Jeannie, for doing this. We really appreciate you reaching out and being part of the education and political process here. It's so important. If people want to find out more about me, they can go to www.electmckenna.com. Um, I've got a section about my more about my platform, my background, my personal um, info, um, and um, there's information if you people want to donate to the campaign or put a yard sign out. We have all of that on our website. Hey, perfect. Julie, tell us how we can find out more about you. Um, through Facebook page, um, Chalashvili for Vijay Borovad, or the website vote4jm.org, and four is a number. Thank you again so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I wish you all the luck. I unfortunately will not be able to be at the candidate forum because I am a nomad out here in the United States of America, traveling around in our little RV here. But again, I will be there in time for Tuesday, November the 7th, which is election day. And I hope everyone listening will make their way to their polls and, and vote for the candidate that they think will bring the most benefit to our Board of Education. And again, to uphold the tradition of excellence in the Ridgewood public school system. So thank you again, ladies. Thank you, Jenny.